Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hi guys and welcome to another edition of Leadership Revealed and I am really, really excited to introduce you guys to Janine Driver. So what's exciting about Janine is that she is also known as the business driver. She's a speaker, a New York Times best-selling author and a media personality. She is a body language contributor for the NBC Today Show and she's the founder and president of the Body Language Institute. For over a decade, while at the ATF, Janine trained thousands of law enforcement officers to decipher fact from fiction using the body language interpretation methods she writes about in her books. You can't lie to me, and the New York Best Time seller, you see it more than you think. So Janine travels the globe, speaking corporate world about the fastest time to save and grow your business. So Janine, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, John. I'm happy to be here and to the people at home listening or in your car or wherever you're watching or listening. I'm happy you're tuning in. Excellent. Thank you. So I've done the very, very short abridged version introduction to you. Can you just give the folks at home or, or in the cars or wherever just a little bit about you and, and you know, your work background and history and where you are today? Yeah, it's so interesting. So first of all, because I'm a body language expert, when my body does things i'm analyzing them as they're happening and i so badly want to touch my eye right here <laughs> that hopefully we'll get to talk about what's happening and it's so interesting because i know that i want to touch my left eye if you're just listening and not watching and but that indicates something and it's it's just so funny that when you know what i'm about to share with you today you can't unsee it as a matter of fact if you want to become a better liar you better stop listening and watching right now because you'll remember the truth You'll remember the lie, and then you're going to start analyzing yourself like me. I so badly, I'm like, I must touch my eye. <laughs> the reason, so I'm going to give you this tip, and then I'll tell you why I touched my eye um, about my background, is first of all, when we touch our eye, if you think about newborn babies, John, and you at home or at your office, w when the baby's crying, 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 what does the baby do to their eyes just before they fall asleep? Yeah, they they. They rub their eyes, right? Yeah. So you can even Google this. I show this in my, key, uh, how I make money is I'm a motivational speaker. I do keynote presentations to big companies from Coca-Cola to Brazil, Hamilton, Lockheed Martin, Hershey, you know, chocolate over here in the wow. States. So it babies touch their eyes. Well, here's the big deal that you can look online, Google or put on YouTube, uh, fMRI study of touching the eye. And what happens is when we touch our eye just even a little bit, it is affecting a nerve behind our eye and it's almost like a rope and it tickles the brain. And it tickles the brain and then dumps dopamine into our body. And dopamine relaxes us, right? So we have this like relaxing dopamine rush coming into our body. As adults, you will see world leaders touch their eyes. You will see your other real estate agents. You might see your mortgage brokers or mortgage lenders. You might see the people that are thinking of buying or selling a home with you. And they they mm. say to you, yeah, this oh, really, you did the comps in this neighborhood and this is what I can get for this house. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. But yet they touch their eye, right? Or, or you're, you're going to sell your house and you're like, listen, they're going to want an inspection. You know, did you pull a permit for that deck you did in the back? Well, we didn't pull a permit. Do we really need one? Well, yeah, mm. you do. And then they touch their eye, right? <clears throat> this happens unconsciously without us knowing. And it connects back when we're babies, our bodies are communicating to our brains and our brains are communicating to our bodies. With that being said, by the way, I, I play a video of the former president of Mexico. I do this at the end of my class after I teach you a bunch of cool stuff, yeah. which we'll do today. But I play this video at the end and it's the president of Mexico at the time. And he's talking about how President Obama, who is our president here in the States yeah. at that time, and the United States could help with the cartel problem they have in Mexico. He leaks, he leaks four different deceptive tells. And one of them, the last one, is he begins to scratch his eye. And the audience, as you might imagine, bursts out laughing because they've already been trained on this. They've already seen videos of people doing this, everyone from Simon Cowell to little babies, you know, to, to the king, even the new yeah. king. Well, watch the king when he scratches his eye, right? You'll see. These are moments of high stress. Subconsciously, we begin to um, touch our eye. It dumps dopamine. So if you wake up in the morning, 
and you need to start your day, do not rub your eyes. As a matter of fact, there's something called the scuba diving technique. If you really want to wake up, go in the bathroom and put cold water onto your face. And that'll begin to stimulate you and wake you up. So why do I tell you this story, John, when you ask me a question about what's my background beyond the bio that you shared yeah. with your listeners and your viewers is because I'm like, in my head, I have massive ADD. Everything's a branch of a tree, right? I say branch, 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 branch. And, I, yeah. and hopefully I'm good enough to bring it all back to the, the trunk of the tree and the roots of the tree. And what I was thinking when you asked me that question is, okay, do I tell him I was molested as a kid? Do I tell him at six I was molested by a neighbor? Do I share with your viewers and your listeners that that incident that happened when I was six saved my life when I was 16 and a man tried to kidnap me and throw me in his car at 5.15 in the morning in pouring rain when mm -hmm. I rode my bike to a donut shop I worked at in the morning and I went to get that check because we were going camping for two weeks. And in my head, I was thinking, what happens if this guy goes out of business in the next two weeks? And the reason I was thinking that is because I used to see him doing cocaine in the back of the donut shop. By the way, no wonder why everyone liked these donuts, you know, yeah. just saying, you know, I mean, there's <laughs> cocaine in the air. Yeah. So um, when you ask me a little bit more about my background, really, if I were to tell you where it began, it, it would be those two incidences. And here's why. There are three people that are good at detecting deception and meeting people. Kids who are abused physically, emotionally, verbally. They have to know when dad puts his hat on a certain way that he's going to beat mom up tonight. Or when yeah. mom pulls out the vodka in the in the closet that she's going to probably be sleeping for the next couple of days, right? So any type of abuse, kids who are abused. For me, I was molested by a neighbor and then I'm, which I believe saved my life years later because it gave me, you know, what, what um, Gavin De Becker, the great author said, would, would call the gift of fear. Like it created this gift of fear um, and helped me realize that this person who was trying to give me a ride when I was 16 in the rain was danger. You know, if you're a Christian, you, you might call it the gift of discernment, right? Like oh, to, yeah. to discern that this is not a good person. Uh, so that's where it all began. I ended up going to college in, to be a communications major. I'm fascinated about, hu about human behavior and how to how do we persuade and influence human behavior? How do we become the best <clears throat> versions of ourselves? I'm fascinated by emotional intelligence constantly. As a matter of fact, I'm taking a life coach. I'm a life coach. I went to a program 15 years ago, but I'm taking another life coaching class right now online because I want to learn. I'm sure this person's going to teach me something that I didn't learn years ago. And so I'm an eternal student. And uh, I think it goes back to this incident when I was six. I mean, think about six-year-old kids. You know, I have three sons. My two youngest, I call my littles, uh, they're eight and nine. Like I can't imagine, like a six-year-old kid. And this man was 30-something, 30 38, I think, around that time. He still lives in that neighborhood I grew up in. But, the, but those two incidences at six and 16 did not happen to my two younger sisters. And I was fascinated. Well, what, did I somehow become a magnet to, you know, toxic people? Like how could these two incidences, it just didn't seem random to me. And I mm -hmm. wanted to make sure it never happened again. As a matter of fact, people who are attacked um, physically are twice as likely to be attacked physically again. Really? Oh, well. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, today we talk a lot about manifesting. I believe in manifesting. I, I'm a New York Times bestselling author because I did a vision board and manifested it. So in my belief, you know, yeah. everyone believes something different. But for me, manifesting works. I, I'm a positive person. Like I would never say my, I'll give you a quick example. My son, Angus, he's my oldest. He's 17. He said to Charlie, my middle, when he was coughing last week, Charlie, don't just cough out in the air, cough in your arm because we don't want to get sick. I said, okay, Angus, I teach my kids constantly. I go, let's say it positively. Instead of don't, we don't hear don't. So don't, whatever comes after don't is an embedded command, 30% more influential to influence someone's behavior. So don't feel pressured to buy any of my books. Don't feel, I just get it. Yeah. I get my money from Random House and HarperCollins. You can get my books, maybe have the local library, pick them up so you can read them. Uh, but and so, but the, whatever comes after don't is influential. So I said, Angus, say it differently. So mm -hmm. Angus said, and, um, Char instead of we don't want to get sick, he said, hey, Charlie, because we all want to stay healthy, can you please sneeze in your sleeve? Yeah. So we reframe it. So this, this positivity 
can change the outcome of someone's behavior. So what I teach is not just body language, it's it's something called statement analysis. It's thinking like a hostage negotiator and it's understanding this, this manifesting. Our, I say your subconscious has no sense of humor. When you say my back is killing me, you're sending a message to your brain. Okay, let me find a way to do that. So I say cancel, cancel. So anytime something negative comes out, you might hear me say it as soon as I say it. So cancel, cancel, my back is strong and healthy and this interview is great and I'm living a long, healthy life. So I'll always, the rule is for every one negative thing you say, you need five positive things to get you back to where you were. All right, yeah. And research has been done on this. So you can look into that further, but this that's my history. That's thats where I think it all began. Yeah, and and so because you were fascinated by it, you just, you know, learned all about body language and, and that's how you sort of progressed to where you are today. Well, no, I was, uh, yes. And I was a um, communications major in college and yeah. I took a couple psychology classes. It was a little too heavy for me. I knew I didn't want to become a therapist. Uh, I'm very independent. So I didn't want to, um, I didn't, I don't know. I, I wanted to just, I really, quite frankly, wanted to know all these things selfishly to protect me, my family, my friends, my finances. You know, I didn't at the time think I'm going to then learn this really cool stuff and then inspire people to look at their world in a different way, which is what my life's goal is now. I think once I was protected and, and it doesn't mean I haven't been misled and bamboozled. I had someone embezzled from me. And when I, I suffered three miscarriages and my mother was dying of breast cancer, you know, a woman I was trusting stole over $65,000 from wow. me. And so, for the people listening, by the way, and, and I don't know if embezzlement's an issue over there across the pond, but if it is, or if you've been cheated on, or if you've been betrayed, or you know, you've loaded someone some money, or you someone swore the check was in the mail, you know, that they would have this deposit for, you know, for this home they were buying. They swear that they're gonna have it on the day of closing. And you're kind of giving them a little leeway and you got fooled. Give yourself a break because I teach the CIA and the FBI and the Scotland Yard police. And I've been bamboozled. You know, sometimes the people we trust the most are the people that can mislead us because we give them the benefit of the doubt. And yeah. what you, we'll talk about today, look at you scratched your head. I scratched my head back. That, that wasn't even on purpose. But that's mirror neurons. See, because I like you because we already built rapport, John, you and I before yeah. this interview. So so for me, after ATF, I mean, after I graduated college, I went to ATF, an agency here, a federal law enforcement agency, now with the Justice Department, used to be with Treasury. It was we had a, there was an old movie called Elliot Ness. I don't know if oh, you ever remember this. Yeah, it's and, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. and explosives, but they don't add the E in there. Some people say it, ATFE, but it's not. It's ATF, your alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives. ATF, 18 years I worked there, and that's where I was taught body language and detecting deception by my mentor there, a couple of them. One is J.J. Newberry. It's called the Truth Wizard. He can detect deception at more than 89% accuracy. And wow. Jim Cavanaugh. And Jim Cavanaugh is just, wow. He he saved women and children from Waco, Texas. We had this Waco, Texas debacle over here. Um, and he taught me how to think like a hostage negotiator. So I was not one, but I used some of those tools to be better with my ex-husband, to be better with my kids, and better as an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's fascinating. That. So can you talk to us about, about body language and just some of the things that you might you know, you might teach or you might coach with some of your students, just how it might help and, you know, the listeners and watchers of this. Yeah. So first of all, there's over 5,000 words that have hidden meaning and over 5,000 body language moves. So to throw out this like big blanket question, you know, I have my go-tos that I talk about quite a bit. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm thinking about in particular like real estate in the real estate world. Uh, are, are right now, are people meeting in person? Are they yes. doing all this Yeah, yeah, we've, we've been like that for a little while now, yes. Yes, okay. So the big thing mm. I would say, if you had one takeaway for others, because I'd love to talk about our own body language as well, if, if, we, if we get a moment. But to read others, the biggest thing is a shoulder shrug. Right over there in the UK, as well as here in the States, a shoulder shrug means the same thing. So what does this mean, John, when I shrug my shoulders? Not, not bothered just yet, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's uncertainty. Yeah. yeah, It's uncertainty. So a shoulder shrug, a hand shrug is the same thing. A hand shrug. My shoulders are not moving, but my hands are coming up. And then there's a mouth shrug that I can't demonstrate, but it's, I can't, <laughs> I can't even do it. But it's like a mouth shrug where you could tell the person's not buying it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. so these shrugs indicate uncertainty. If I said to you, what do you want for lunch? A salad, a BLT, fish and chips, 
and the person says, I don't know, and they shrug, that's congruent. The verbal and the nonverbal are connected. They're on the same page. But if I say to a potential client of mine about the house, you know, I really think that I could get you top dollar for this house. You have a, a new roof, it has new windows. Uh, I love your additions that you've done to the house. I can, I can get you top dollar. Are you talking to other real estate agents? And they say, no, you're the only one. And they shoulder shrug. If you aren't seeing me and you're just hearing and listening because you're at the gym or wherever you might be driving, I'm shoulder shrugging just with my left shoulder. No, you're the only person I'm talking to. Mm. No. Now, it doesn't mean I'm talking to other real estate agents. What it means is you've just opened a file drawer in a file cabinet. You've reached in and taken out a file that says top secret. I don't want you to know what I'm thinking right now. Mm. And so what happens is many people will think when I say, no, I'm not seeing another real estate agent okay. and I shrug that I'm, I'm, I am seeing a real estate agent. No, maybe I'm shrugging because I'm thinking, oh, should I be meeting other people? Yeah. Hmm, I didn't even think of that. My sister recommended you. So I was just going to go with you. Should I? Or maybe I'm thinking, um, you know what? I just don't, I don't like you. Or I definitely know I'm not working with you. Or maybe I'm thinking um, nothing about what you're saying. I'm just trying to think how many questions is she going to ask me? Yeah. You know, like, can we just get back to how much I'm going to get from my house? Like, so the best thing to do in these moments, we call them a hotspot. You want to get someone's baseline. When their baseline suddenly changes, we have a shrug that's out of place, which means uncertainty, but they're saying a yes or a no. They give us a definitive answer, but yet are non-verbally showing us uncertainty. Then you ask a question. I call it MIW formula. And it's really easy. And I use it all. I use it all the time with my kids just this morning. Maybe I'm wrong here. Now, maybe I'm wrong here, but it, it feels to me there's something you're uncertain about, Janine. Maybe I'm wrong here. It just feels to me, John, that there's something you want to ask, but you're not asking. And then you wait, W-A-I-T. That stands for why am I talking? W-Y-A-Y-M-I-I-T, talking. Why am I talking? Ask your question, M-I-W formula, and then wait. And then see what happens next. So the big shoulder shrug, hand shrugs, this is huge. We're missing yeah. them all the time. I'll tell you another one really quick as well is, is, there's a hand gesture that turns agreement to disagreement. So I'm saying, yes, this sounds really good. This is great, but I'm doing a hand gesture that's saying no, or at the very least saying there's a problem here. Do you know what the hand gesture is? No, no. Someone screamed out at a, at a corporate keynote I did last week and 14,000 people were there and someone screamed out the middle finger. <laughs> well, that's a little, <laughs> that's a little too obvious. Yeah, yes, yeah. that, that as well. If someone says, yes, I'd like to work with you. And then is of course giving you Simon Cowell does this by the way, and, and American, you know, uh, American idol, you'd see him when there's someone he doesn't like back in the day when he was working with Paula, he'd always scratch his nose with his middle finger, Paula oh. Abdul. They always would fight together and you'd see many, many pictures. I have a video clip of Simon Cowell, like a montage of Simon yeah, Cowell yeah. scratching his, his middle finger. But, but here's the deal. That is one of the moves, which is anytime someone is saying yes, that's a great idea and touching their face at the same time. This is turning agreement to disagreement. This is saying there's a problem here. So what men tend to do is they'll pat the back of their head. So John, go like this. Yeah, Janine, that sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. So they count me in. Yeah. All right. Women tend to go from the nape of our neck up. And I say, okay, John, that sounds really good. Yeah. Count me in. I'm telling you there's a problem. So again, that's a hot spot. You want to say, you know, maybe I'm wrong here, Janine. It, it, it seems to me that there's something you have to say. There's something you're not saying. And then wait and see what happens. So no one teaches us these simple little things. No. Yeah. That's it's really cool. That really is. So what about, I mean, I've, I've crossed my arms a couple of times when I'm listening to you and it's not because sometimes people think it's defensive or that's what I heard years ago. Is that yes. true? I'm just comfortable. I'm just like listening to you because I generally, I'm not defensive. It's not a defensive conversation, but is that one, does that indicate a little bit of defensiveness? All right. So this is a big myth. So we think that crossed arms indicate we're bored, disinterested, defensive. Yeah. And yes, those things may in fact be true. They may be true, but that's not it. Crossed arms are using both sides of my brain. So crossed arms are using my right brain over here, which is intuitive and takes risks. And my left brain, which is facts and figures and logic. I think my picture may be inverse, reversed here. Yeah. But 
but but my right brain controls the left side of my body and my left brain controls the right. When we cross our arms, John and you at home, we are using both sides of our brain. As a matter of fact, studies show that you're 30% more likely to solve a difficult task or problem with crossed arms. Why? You're engaging both sides of your brain. When I see someone at an event, a corporate event, when I'm speaking or training, sometimes I do these workshops where I come into smaller groups, like maybe 10, 15 real estate agents, and mm-hmm. I work with them to you know, un- unleash some untapped potential. And I'll see someone's crossing their arms. I immediately think to myself, well, that person's here to stay. Because they're 30% more likely to stay on the task or their challenge. And you want to look at body language in clusters anyway. Are they smiling? When their arms are crossed, are they grabbing their arms where I can literally see my, almost like I'm pinching my upper arm here? Or am I relaxed? So crossed arms indicates you're 30% more likely to stay on a difficult task. Now, here's the deal. I've given four TED Talks. They're on YouTube if people want to check them out. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, two of them went crazy viral. And I swear the reason those went viral is because everyone's talking about how angry I am in these talks. And everyone's like, wow, she's so aggressive. That one, that Janine Driver, she's so angry. Imagine being married to her. And I, I read all the comments and sometimes I comment back. It, we have what's called the behavioral fingerprint. We have movement DNA. And my behavioral fingerprint, my movement DNA is I bounce when I'm talking. So I'm very aggressive. My my I bind, it's called binding. So when I tell a story, I might point, which is not good. So I'll use a palm down gesture and I bounce. Guess what happened? My ex-husband called me. He needs to borrow $4,000 again. Yeah. He doesn't even yeah. pay me the 3,000. from. And then you look at me and you go, well, Janine, I'm not your ex-husband. I'm like, <laughs> I know, John. I'm just telling you a story. And you're like, well, can you take it down a notch? (laughs) Because I'm feeling like you're taking it out of me. So that's people like me who are bouncers and everyone thinks we're screaming and yelling when we tell a story, even if it's exciting. Guess what? Tom Brady retired, unretired and re-retired, right? So you'll see us bouncing. That's that increase in pressure, similar to the crossing of the arms. I don't need to cross my arms to stand my ground to persist against difficult odds. People who bounce like me, we persist against difficult odds. And when the going gets tough, we get tougher. It's already this increase in pressure is already part of our movement DNA. But if you're the kind of person that keeps getting pushed around, you know, they want you to, you know, well, listen, the market's so tight. Like if I sell my house, if I put my house on the market, I want you to take a smaller percent. I don't understand why you're taking such a high percent of selling my house. It's going to sell like this in two days. You don't even have to do a lot of marketing for it, you know? So I think you should take a percent off of what you're getting because you're not going to market it. My whole neighborhood's already marketing the house. Yeah. And you're the kind of person's like, oh, okay. You're kind of right. You know, and you kind of give in on it. My challenge to you is when you get this call, first of all, say, you know what, give me 24 hours. And then ideally, if you get pushed around, then you want to have all requests like that, you know, put in writing and then you can respond back in writing and explain why. Because that way you're standing your ground easier by not literally talking face-to-face to yeah. somebody. So all decisions moving forward, if you know you're a little bit of a pushover, say, I, I, you know, I get everything in writing, I think about it for 24 hours and get back to you, if you can. The other thing is simply stand your ground. If it's a phone call, I literally want to stand my ground. So yeah. I want to be up here on the call and I'm going to stand the ground. I have a countertop right here. So I might push it on the countertop while I'm talking. I don't need to do this. But if you're the kind of person that gets pushed around, you want to push on the countertop, push on a wall while you're taking that that phone call. And this is both per- per- personally and professionally. You know, So you have a, a mother-in-law that wants you to take care of her cats. Yeah. And you live an hour and a half away and you do it every single time. Meanwhile, you're the daughter-in-law and she has three kids that live closer to her. Yeah. But you're like, okay, no, <clears throat> next time that mother-in-law of yours calls, you can love her up. <laughs> Say you'll, you know, you'll help in other ways, but yeah. uh, get someone else to take care of the cats. Stand your ground. I love that. And, and you can almost say, I'm talking specifically about the politicians. They always do the the thumb gesture and they've always got the um, the sleeves rolled up and, the the look right, the- Tony Blair, your yes. boy Tony Blair, and and our guy Bill Clinton. You really put this on the map. I would, you know, I like to dub it the thumb of power, and that is a combination of pointing and chopping. So I want to ask you a question: 
if you, if I hire you as my real estate agent, are you going to do everything you can? So yeah. it's this combination of pointing and chopping. It's the thumb of power. America, I want you to listen and listen. Yeah. To me, right. I did not have sexual relations, sexual relations. with that woman. <laughs> uh, so that's, you'll see this a lot. This is here to stay. This, as people are making points, a newer one that has come out in the last decade is just a palm up gesture. Yeah. This is called the beggar's pose. And so you'll see people sometimes, especially politicians, like waving in the audience. Hi, hi. They, yeah. Do they really know the person that's sitting there? It's it's a technique they're taught to make us feel, I call it a transference to power. If you're friendly to that person in the fourth row and you're waving hi, and they're here and I'm here, well, if you were to see me and know me, you would say hi too. So it's a great technique to use to build rapport fast, to wave yeah. and smile. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're if you're single, if you're single and going to a bar and you're nervous and going to the bar, you can walk in and you can just pretend to wave at someone <laughs> at the other end of the bar. <laughs> and then you know everyone's like, oh, she's so popular. She knows everyone in here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I like that. Um part of you know what I want to talk to you about is is you know how to spot a lie, especially when you're you're recruiting people. So over here in the UK recruitment's quite difficult at the, at the minute there's a lot of people leaving our industry um because it's quite high pressure traditionally it's not massively well paid so they're going to other industries or the verticals um so how do we make sure we're recruiting a good person i mean we've got all the the, the questions we can ask them but from a body language lying point of view have you got any tips for that or any thoughts on that well this is i have a lot of tips here i of course, the shoulder shrug, which we already yes. talked about. Okay? Yeah. There's another one. When we don't like what we see or hear, our lips disappear. So so mm. say to me, Janine, I'm so glad you're my guest today. And then pull your lips in, John. Janine, I'm so glad you're my, desk, uh, my guest today. <laughs> yeah. So and you at home, as you're watching or listening, you say it out loud. Put it on pause and say, I love my job. But you feel it. It's called emotional control. This lip roll is emotional control. I say when we don't like what we see or hear, our lips disappear. As a matter of fact, I have a, I have a video of the late queen doing this. And um, her, her lips are there. And she's not happy in this yeah. particular clip. She's not happy. So um, I miss her. She was so wonderful. I liked her. And uh, so look for those lip rolls. It's emotional control. They're holding back some type of emotion. Mm. I think the best thing... Uh, in interviews, and I think that a lot of industries are having this challenge, is really check in with how you're phrasing things. Like, are you a positive versus negative? And and I would, the big deal is uh, you want to try to keep your employees, and you probably already know this, the, 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 the number of years is four. In the first four years, um, people will make more money leaving your, your company. Right. So they can come in and be there for a year and a half. Some other company or some other industry is going to offer them more money. They will make more money and they can leave. If you can keep people to the four year mark, it's unlikely that they'll make more money by leaving. Oh, well. So your goal should not be initially to keep them for 20 years. Your goal should be what does our four year plan look like? Yeah. That our culture is so great. You know, I just taught some real estate agents here and I want to tell you a creative idea they did, but a, a real easy way, you know, I say when people feel they matter and belong cooperation is strong that you put, stand and employ, they sell the ugly brown house in the neighborhood, right? You stand them on a chair in the office and six people stand around them and give them a standing ovation that they did it. It costs nothing, you know, yeah. explore, find out what your, your employees love languages are, you know, giving me a financial bonus. Well, uh, gifts are my number, my out of the five love languages, right? Acts of service, um, uh, physical touch, um, what are the other ones? Acts of service, physical touch, quality time, gifts, and words of affirmation. What is what are each of your people as you're interviewing them? What is their love language? Do they even know what it is? How do they like to receive praise? How do they know when they're doing a good job? How do they and your job should be what does my four-year plan look like to keep these employees? Okay, that's number one. Number two is when you're talking to these people, um, of course, you already know to ask very specific questions, but if you want to know if they're deceiving you or you kind of suspect it, um, a couple things you can do. Uh, remind me to tell you about contempt in a second and charming, yeah. charming people in a second. But I want to get to this first. This is something we do in law enforcement. I could do zero to 100, okay? Zero to 100. And I write it on a piece of paper in the moment. 
And I go, zero to hundred. And I go, listen, John, I really enjoyed meeting you. You know, I think you would be a great fit for our culture. I think you'd be so good as a real estate agent. I think I mean, you just, you're, you have a great rapport. Mm-hmm. You have clearly you have emotional intelligence. You understand math, whatever it is. I'm going to write this down, zero to 100. How much of what you told me today in the interview is truthful? I just want you to take a pen and mark it right here, zero to 100. Because here's the deal. I love you, John. And my boss is going to verify everything we talked about, right? They go verify your previous jobs, talk to your former boss. Like, they're going to do all that stuff. And I just want to get ahead of it because if there's anything we need to clear up now, I want to do it so I can help you get this job. So zero to 100, how much of what you told me today is truthful? Just mark it. Now, you might think, listening at home, well, you'd be stupid not to put 100. You'd be surprised how many people don't mark 100. Some people don't mark 100 because they're being truthful, but they they say, you go, okay, what's what number is that? 98%. Wow. Well, what's the 2% you haven't told me? Well, I don't know. I just, I'm sure there's other things that you might want to know about me. And I, mm-hmm. I don't think that I could be 100% forthright because I don't know how much you want me to tell you. Or they might be, we had a guy who was firearms trafficking in Vermont zero to a hundred, how much of what you told me about, about this case is truthful. He marked like 95%. And the ATF agent said, Jim Austin, well, what's the 5% you haven't told me? And have we all been sitting in that interrogation room in Vermont here in the States? You would have heard this guy say, well, my part of the crime, (laughs) the ATF agent's like, great, let's talk about your part of the crime. (laughs) <laughs> what is your involvement with firearms trafficking? I was called in on a TV show here in the States uh, on VH1. It's like a sister channel of, of yeah. another channel called MTV. Oh, we get it. Couples. Yeah. Oh, you do? So there was a show on there and I don't, you may have got it there as well. It was called Couples Therapy and it's kind of like C-rated celebrities come on the show and they live together in a mansion and uh, Dr. Jen Berman comes in and she like helps them, right? And coaches them. Couples Therapy. Like Lindsay Lohan's parents were there. I don't even know if you know Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, yeah. Michael yeah. Lohan. At the end of the segment, by the way, Michael Lohan, Lindsay Lohan's dad, pulled me into like a food closet and said, "Hey, I work with inner city kids. I think this stuff is really cool. Could we work together? Like in a closet, like in the kitchen." And I'm like, "I, I don't think we're allowed to be off camera." Like, we, like he just like come here and like pull me in. And I'm like, I came home and I told my husband at the time I was married. I said, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think I'm dating Michael Lohan. <laughs> I, I think we're dating now because we had a moment. We had a moment. So, but on that show, they everyone was getting along. The executive producer called me out and I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, on with just handwriting, nice and simple, zero to hundred. I want you to do two cards. I want you to tape it in an envelope underneath everyone's chairs. And when I come in, Dr. Jen introduced me as like the human lie detector. And I said, okay, everyone reach under your chairs. In here, zero to 100, pick out one card. And I want you to mark how much of what you've told Dr. Jen is truthful. And the executive producer's like, Janine, this is never going to work. Yeah. Everyone's going to put 100%. His name's Damien. I go, Damien. Trust me. Criminals who have their lives on the line don't always put 100. Like, trust me, it's going to work. Just like, trust me, this will work. And then the second card, I had them do zero to 100. And I said, how much of what they told the producers on why they're actually on the show was truthful? You know, are they really there to fix their relationship? Are they there to hawk some type of program or book yeah. or whatever? And lo and behold, only one person put 100 out of, I think that maybe there were like 16 people there, maybe 20. So I think 16. And the person who put 100, I go, let's start with you. Wow. I've never had someone put 100 before. That's interesting. See, truthful people convey, liars try to convince. Are you trying Um, to convince me of something? And he's like, no, no, I'm just 100% truthful. I'm an open person. And anything Dr. Jen asked me, I'm honest about and open. I'm here because I want to fix my relationship. No shoulder shrugs, no lips disappearing. And then I believed him. So sometimes you turn the heat up just a little bit. And then someone else put 50%, Flavor Flav. Remember Flavor Flav? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had like the big clock. Yeah, yeah, he told me to go F myself like six times on that episode. It was like my claim to fame. I've met a lot of famous people over the years, but having Flavor Flav say that to me while being videotaped on TV, if you, you know, I'm 52, if, you, if I went back, I'm a kid of the 80s, graduated high school in 1988. If you told me one day Flavor Flav would tell me to do those things no. to myself, like I'd be like, that. what kind of life am I about to lead? <laughs> so I tell you this long convoluted story about this exercise, zero to a hundred, you might be surprised what they mark. Yeah. 
Now, whatever they write, you say, well, tell me the other 4%. What is it? You've not been truthful with the other 10. If they do say 100%, so that's interesting. It's very rare that we have someone put 100%. You know, it's, what led you to do that? Yeah. You know, uh, and then watch for the shrugs, watch for the lips disappearing, watch for their belly button moving. I call it naval intelligence. We face our belly button towards people we like, admire, and trust. We face our belly button in the direction we want to go. So all of a sudden you start asking me questions and yeah. turn up the heat, John, and I turn and angle my body and my belly button's now facing my front door because subconsciously I want out of this conversation at this point. Interesting. So watch your belly. I call it naval intelligence, naval intelligence. So <laughs> watch for the belly buttons. The contempt one. Contempt is a smirk. So if you're listening at home, you may want to rewatch this and, and fast forward to whatever time cue we're at here to see this. It's a smirk. It shows up on one side of our face. It's often dubbed the cat ate the canary grin. It looks like this, John. Yeah. Let me see you do it. Can I see you do it? Let me see. Okay. Yeah. I'm you have a combination. Like so you're doing disgust. Well, you did disgust. You did a little bit of a nose coming wrinkle and contempt <laughs> at the same time, which is scorn. That's like the kiss of death. So oh. I, I'm sure your wife is not, she knows she's in trouble when she sees this uh, face on you or your significant other, sees yeah, this, yeah, your yeah. kids, right? Yeah. So um, this contempt is moral superiority and people who are contemptuous uh, think that they're always right. So these can be toxic people, but they kill it kill it in your job interviews they're confident they're steepling yeah. right like a church steeple steepling yeah. women is a sign of confidence so they're steepling they're so confident they have all the right answers you're like oh this person's going to kill it yes as long as they're on their own but if you're going to have them as part of a team it's going to be it's likely going to become a cancer on your team mm. so be very careful of falling for that uh, my my friend says doctor uh not doctor um frank marsh worked at the fbi behavioral unit for years and and it was a retired marine and he says overly charming is alarming so be careful. I'd like to say that I have a friendly personality. I'm a Gemini. That's, that's you know, I have the gift to gab. I also have a very introverted side. Uh, when I do events afterwards, I go and get steak delivered in, in my room and have room service. I don't drink, so I'm not yeah. a bar girl. So people find it interesting. I like to read that I have like this private side. And I'm not overly charming. You know, I'm not going to send you a bunch of donuts later today or a bouquet yeah. of flowers or um, you know, edible arrangement with some chocolate covered star. By the way, if you want to send any of those things to me, John, or your listeners, <laughs> you can get my address online at JenningRobert.com. Yes. But um, <laughs> I won't think you're overly charming. It'll be just the right amount of charm. Uh, but pay attention to those people who are overly charming. So mm. overly charming is alarming. Um, so I would say those would be the big things. Now, what about you? So your attitude is going to be mirrored by them. So if you're kind of checked out because you have a lot of things going on, you've got some closings today or you've got some showings today mm -hmm. and you're distracted and you're interviewing the person that's coming in, they're also going to get distracted and disinterested. So are you present? You know, check in with you. Are you present for this interview? Are you paying attention to your, your you know, this nonverbals that are happening? I call it your visual information channel. Are you connecting? Also, the handshake at the end is almost more important than the handshake in the beginning. Yeah. So in the beginning, we come in, we shake hands. Nice to meet you, John Paul. Nice to meet you, listener. And we have the interview and then a phone rings. So you're like, well, John Paul, it was nice to, to meet you. We'll get in touch with you. Uh, and you, you, you don't do that closing shake. So that closing shake is really important because it's called the recency effect. It's the thing that we remember last about you. So how did I make you feel last? Another thing you may want to consider, and I right now my computer is sitting on a bunch of tea. I was just showing John in the beginning here my tea, my tea selection. I'm a tea drinker. You know, I'm got that Scottish and, and Irish roots inside me here. And my mom was from Nova Scotia, Canada. Big tea drinkers over there in Nova Scotia, yeah. Canada. And I, if you want to really get people to trust you, put a warm drink in their hand. So this is called embodied cognition. And a study was done about embodied cognition. It's been duplicated, by the way, many, many times. My scarf is right. I'm very fidgety. By the way, it's part of my baseline. You'll see I'm fidgety. I have something called sensory integration issues. So you put your shirt on and you feel it for a second and then it disappears. For me, yeah, I have a scarf on right now and a shawl. 
I feel exactly where it's hitting my body. I feel where my seam and my pants are hitting. So my baseline is to be a fidgety person. If all of a sudden I stopped being fidgety and moving, that would be your hotspot because suddenly I stopped for five minutes moving. Otherwise you'll see me moving a lot. So embodied cognition is this. What is touching our body is affecting what we think. And the research shows I'm drinking an unsweet iced tea here from McDonald's. Uh, I have a sore throat today. Let's have this iced tea. If you put a warm or a cold beverage in someone's hand, you're going to get two different results. So a cold beverage versus a hot beverage. So I don't have a hot beverage here, but I want you to imagine a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, hot. Yeah. When you put that into a person's hand, what their brain begins to think is their palm gets to get warmed up. Their brain thinks you're warm, likable, and trustworthy. If you put a cold drink, think about it. You don't want to go out for cocktails. You're getting a beer, a martini, yeah. a cocktail. You're putting a cold drink in someone's hand, a new person's hand. That's just getting to know you. They don't look at you as cold, but they think this. What's in it for me? Yeah. How long yeah. are you going to be here? What's yeah. in it for me? What's your angle? You know, what are you up to? You know, so we we want to, as a matter of fact, studies show that breakfast fundraisers make more money than dinner fundraisers. Oh, right. And I want you to think about the difference, right? So dinner fundraiser is what? Like cocktails and drinks and a meal. Yeah. But yeah. breakfast, are, the drinks are what? Warm, coffee, coffee tea, tea, warm yeah. food. It's all warm. It's all warm, right? So think about that. Um, there's a guy. Oh, my God. What's his name? Oh, by the way, I just did a sound effect you'll hear often, and you'll do it. You've probably done them several times today, listener and viewer. It's called tut-tutting. Yeah. And when there's a tut tut, our confidence is in a rut. So I'm thinking, and I, what's his name? Michael Bloomberg. So I went, when you hear tut tutting, our confidence is in a rut. Think about it. Our, I call my grandmother Nana, right? So my Nana, uh, if I was wore a baseball hat at the table at Thanksgiving, should have. Yeah. Or you swore. Okay. This is called tut tutting. As adults, we tut tut when we're not confident and we do them all day long. So I say, John, when I come to England, you know, I don't drink, but is there a place that we could go out to lunch or dinner? And you go, yeah, let me, let me think of a good place. that's not too crowded that we can talk and have a nice meal. So it does, it's not a negative. It's just telling me you don't have absolute certainty. It's the tut tut is the verbal shoulder shrug. Right. What's her, what's her name? Before we get to Mike Bloomberg, I want you to think of, uh, oh my gosh, she created this blood test that was supposed to test a bunch, one blood test, it tests everything. Oh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes, Holmes, Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. All right, Elizabeth the Holmes. Runoffs. I have a video clip of her that I play that where she's tut-tutting. And uh, she was asked this question, what's the biggest, this is before she got busted. What's the biggest lie you're keeping? Like, tell us a lie you're keeping. Yeah, yeah. Hello? She was keeping lots of lies, right? <laughs> so she- she tut-tutted, right? So she went, um, I don't have many lies. The interviewer dropped the ball. I would have said, okay, well, I don't need many. Just give me one, sister. Just give me one. I don't have right? many lies, she said. I don't have many lies. And she tut-tutted. OJ Simpson came out and he he launched a TikTok page. And he goes, oh, I'll be answering all kinds of questions, the kinds of questions that people have been wanting to ask me. And anything is open. And I'll be completely honest about anything you want to ask. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. so when there's a tut-tut, their confidence isn't around. And I just naturally did. This is what I'm saying. I can't unanalyze me. Yeah. I being in this head, right? I being in here. My kids are never going to have friends over, right? They're 17. My 17 year old brings nobody to this house. Like nobody. He doesn't want me even knowing their names of his friends. Yeah. His name's Angus. Angus is like, mom, we don't need you. We're good. We're going to hang out at dad's. Can you switch it off? Can you switch it off? Or because you've been doing it for so long, it's just subconscious now that you just, do you want to switch it off? Yes. No, I don't. It's a gift. Thank you, God. So uh, it's a gift. I, I would never change the thing about it and i have massive add so i'm not paying attention like right now i haven't been analyzing it but now i am you just did a tongue protrusion so i i i have to and now you're biting your lip i have to i have to be primed uh however i can't unnotice shoulder shrugs and the lip locks because i talk about those quite a bit because they're so easy to see they're so easy to see yeah out of the five thousand moves yeah do this to your forehead for me for a second like that can you lift your glasses up? I want to see something. 
on your face. Oh yeah, look at that. You're stubborn. Are you a stubborn person? <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's what everybody says. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go to go like this again. Okay, I'm going to show you your stubborn line. Do it again. Okay, do it more. Like with you. Yeah, that. See this line? I have it too. Not oh, everyone has this line. Okay, this is called the freight train line. It goes across as if yeah. we're wearing glasses and it's the bar that connects the two glasses, yeah. right? That little line right here. Not everyone has this. This is called the freight train line and it indicates get on board or get out of my way. You don't have to help me, but I'm hanging up these curtains and, and your wife or your significant other might be like, honey, it's two in the morning. You know, just do it tomorrow. No, I'm going to knock it out right now. I'm just yeah, going to get it done. I'm not asking that. you to help me. I'm not yeah. asking you to help me. Just get on board, either be part of the plan or get out of my way. Yeah. We don't want people telling us what we can't do. When we yeah. set our mind to it, you don't have to be part of the plan. You're more than welcome yeah. to hop on board. Yeah. So this is called the freight freight train line right here. Yeah. So body language, face reading, emotional intelligence, it's it's written all over our faces. Janine, this has been absolutely generally one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. It's so, oh, so interesting. No, I'm not thank just saying that. It really has. Um, I mean, if people want to want to get in touch with you, um, they can just follow you on all your socials, JaneneDriver.com. Um, and also, you're doing an eight-week course. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And if anybody watching or listening, we'll put all the, the, the links in the description. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I am doing a class I created during COVID. It's called Seven Levels of Reading and Influencing Human Behavior. And the reason it's eight weeks is the eighth week is a review of all the seven levels. And so there's detecting deception. It's reading faces. I bring in Frank Marsh from the FBI Behavior Unit. Um, I bring in a guy, Brian Galke, who taught me about the freight train line right here. I have other lines right up here, too. And you have them, which is forced focus lines, which indicate that when I focus, I can tune everything else out and force focus right here. Uh, and he teaches you, you have this wide chin. Look at this. A chin yeah. is like a shovel. All right. So you can take a lot, right. You yeah. can handle a lot. It's like this big wide shovel where I have this like pointy chin right here. Um, I have these like puffy cheeks that, that have a yeah. little shine on them. So Brian is one of our guests. He comes in and he, he reads everyone's faces that are on there. He'll decode it. He'll decode your face. Yeah. And he's, he does a dating class online. If anyone wants to check that out, it's really cool. Cause I started sending Brian Galkey is the same. And I would, I, cause I don't, I'm learning about, I know micro expressions of the face, but I don't know facial structure and what it indicates. And this has been around for decades and it, it's 98% accurate. It's unbelievable. The way I just knew you were stubborn and I know nothing about you. And you're like, everyone says that. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, so often it's funny. I just saw someone, I can reverse engineer it. This woman was over here and she's a pushover and I go do this for me. She's a super pushover. Guys manipulate her all the time. I go, her name's Jen. I go, Jen, do this. She did not have the freight train. Now. I go, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I go, I'm not surprised you don't have that freight train line because she just doesn't have that like, oh. So anyway, Brian Galkey's website, I would always send him pictures of guys' faces to analyze for me because I'm single. I got divorced a couple of years ago. And he'll, <laughs> he'll, he marks them up on the, on the picture and sends it back like 16 different things about the face. And he created a website where he does training. You train yourself. It's called looking for love in all the wrong faces.com. Oh, no space cool. looking for love. Instead of looking for love in love. all the wrong That's places, good... looking for love in yeah. all the wrong places. It's looking for love in all the wrong faces.com. No hyphens or anything, just straight. It's such a cool class. I'm taking it myself. And he's one of my instructors. So check it out. If you yeah. want to visit me, you can, my site is janinedriver.com, J-A-N-I-N-E, like a taxi driver, driver.com. And I'm posting today the new course for seven levels of reading and influencing human behavior. I have a summer one, and then I'll have a fall one. So there'll be two. And I do these three times a year. And you're, I hope you're coming in because I'm going to have a special. So there'll be a price, a price special. It's normally $3,000, but I think I'm going to, I think I might do it for like three like 75 yeah. uh, only because I, I am the best version of me when I'm serving people. And I want, I make my money from keynotes. I don't make my money from the online stuff. That's it's pennies, but yeah. for me, at least, you know, I, yeah. that's not really nice of me to say, I know money's relative, but for me, how I make the money is the keynotes. I want to give eight weeks of my time. The course is three hours every week. 
Usually it's on a Monday, but I'm going to look at my schedule. And if you miss it, you get a copy of the video. We're all on a Facebook joint page together. And then there's special content on my page too, on JanineDriver.com. People get a code and they get access to it and access to me 24 yeah. seven. So uh, I hope they'll come play with me if I can help in any way. I love real estate. If I could go back in time and if I was a little better at math, yeah. uh, I think I would do real estate. Uh, I think it's really incredible. As a matter of fact, right now I'm signing up maybe even today to do a real estate mastermind group on buying uh, multiple unit properties. So my goal is to have a thousand units and I want to own them myself. And so I'm going to learn how to buy and sell large properties uh, with a guy here in the States that puts this huge group of humans together and uh, we're going to do a trade. So I do some trades. If you have something valuable and want me to come in and speak as a keynote speaker, we can, or do it online. That's the beautiful that part. Be I, I'm doing, I'm speaking to the UK to Lockheed Martin uh, two weeks from today. So Lockheed oh. Martin just, just hired me. I sent out the contract this morning yeah. and I'm doing a two hour seminar. They're all live. They are in the UK, all of their people, Lockheed sales, and I'll be here on zoom, but I'll be able to see them all and still yeah. interact. So however good. I can help. Yeah. Let me no, know no, how that, I can help. That is absolutely fantastic. Well, Jenny, once again, thank you so much. Everybody, please check out Jenny's website. We'll put the links to all the books and everything else in the description as well. Can I say one tip? Of course you can. I spoke to these real estate agents one time, this is a couple of years back, and I loved this strategy. I'm going to give it to all of you. So not a body language thing, but what a great strategy to get people to open up and to talk to you. And here's what it is. They were walking around with sold signs, these four real estate agents, all women. And they had these sold signs, giant sold signs underneath their arms. And they were coming into my webinar, my seminar in live in Boston. Yeah. I'm from Boston originally, if people pick up on my accent or my moxie. And, <clears throat> and I go, what's going on? Did you just sell like a neighborhood? Like you have four people with yeah. sold signs. And they said, no, we're doing a 30-day challenge. And I go, what do you mean? Everywhere they go, they have to carry these sold signs, almost like a giant business card. So if they go to Macy's or Nordstrom's or... I don't know what stores you guys have over there. Yeah. And or if they're on the Metro and the tube, right. Uh, they have to carry these signs and people, there's parent teacher meetings. They're carrying these signs and people go up to them. Oh, are you a real estate agent? Oh, did you just sell a house? I'm thinking about selling my house. And now instead of you trying to find who are your next customers, they actually come to, to you because it's a giant calling card. Just the way I'm going to loop this back. Just the way your body language is a giant calling card. Your body language is saying volumes. It's saying more than you think. So pay attention. If you're getting nervous, bring out a steeple if you want. Pay attention to your belly button rule. Keep your yeah. center body open. And most importantly, if you are a positive person and you have good beliefs, your body language will naturally follow suit. It was a pleasure being here. Hopefully that big giant oh. sign. I loved it. I'm like, I'm going to tell every real estate agent to do this. They said it, it, it. I think they said 300 times the amount of customers and clients they had by this 30 day wow. challenge, 300 wow. times the amount. Yeah. I can believe it as well. It is. It's like a giant calling card, a business card, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere they went, they're trying on lingerie at Victoria's secret. They've got this big <laughs> sign under their, under their arm. It was a pleasure, John Paul and, and you at home. Thanks for listening. I hope you're able to follow my tree as the branches went all over the place. And I'm still not letting you go. So I'm going to let you go. And uh, my name's Janine. If I can help in any way, please let me know. Oh, I appreciate that, Janine. So once again, thanks to Janine and I hope you enjoyed it and see you next time on Leadership Revealed.